Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast, One Man, One Tree and a Hill. Happy New Year 2022, baby. Uh, before we start this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is sponsored by... This podcast, ladies and gentlemen, sponsored by Old Hill Bourbon Company, ladies and gentlemen. Old Hillside Bourbon Company was a company created by the love of bourbon, friendship, camaraderie, and the idea of quality, time, great conversation, and enjoying good spirits brought this team together. Our vision is fueled by optimism and integrity with a sense of responsibility to build a successful household bourbon brand that people can cherish and love. Our story is unique. We're a collective group of individuals from different career backgrounds. That is our strength as we apply our professional experience to provide the unmatched service to our customers, check out Old Hillside Bourbon Company, ladies and gentlemen. I always get Southern when I talk about it like that. Yeah, you doing any shooting tonight, sugar? Yes, but only with dice. It's a movie called Cabin of the Sky. But yeah, Happy New Year, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, usually we produce this podcast every Tuesday. Uh, if you didn't know, follow me on social media. I was inside uh, Omarion's Omarion cell, ladies and gentlemen. Omicron virus. Uh, I didn't feel I didn't feel no symptoms, honestly. Two weeks ago, before I officially had it, one day, like, my feet was hurting really bad. Now, I was like, F, what's wrong with my feet? And then my back started hurting. So I thought I had it. And I get tested every Monday. So Monday, I go there. They go, no, you don't got nothing, buddy. You're good. And then when I get back to work, they they give me a phone call. And they say, uh, hey, are you feeling okay? I said, yeah, I'm feeling great. Yeah. Well, I don't have <laughs> COVID. You do. And I was like, well. So the CDC had me stay home for five days. Uh, which which was good, which is good. I spent a lot of spent a lot of time at home, and uh, my birthday. Shout out to everybody who wished me happy birthday. It was uh, it was uh, it was amazing. I uh, I'm not really big on. I don't know. I'm I'm very big on birth. I love wishing people happy birthday. It's something that I, I love. I love that's the one day in the world that you can tell somebody that they're special. That's what I love doing. And you guys showed up and showed out. Sweet Jesus. It got a little overbearing, to be honest with you, because I, I couldn't go nowhere. So people were just calling me uh, drunk out of their mind. The craziest birthday call I got. Uh, this I'm going to even say this is a friend. I, we barely know each other. It's like, I just want to give you some advice about 30 th- 33. I just want you to put God first. And you know what? 33 is when you find you a husband. I'm like, find you a husband? She's kind of drunk when she called me. And then she goes, you know what? And if you got $350 to spare, I was like, hello? Hello? I said, sorry, I got to gotta go. But I was stuck in the house, so I couldn't go anywhere. But uh, oh, we'll, get in, <laughs> we'll get into that later. Uh, uh, we'll come back to the birthday later. Uh, a lot of stuff inside the board we had to cross out because we're inside this. We couldn't film in the studio because, you know, they said that, uh, you know, COVID is contagious. So, we uh we did the outside version, so we're back live. Uh, rest in peace to Betty White, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, 99 years old. Report said that she had a stroke before her birthday. Talk about a career fulfilled. 70 years inside the business. She did a lot. If you didn't know, back in the day, in like the early 50s or 40s, they had like a radio show, and she brought a black tap dancer up there, and boy, they tried to cancel her. They were trying to cancel her back then. So very sweet person. I've never met her before, but that's like your old grandma. You know, I, I you know, freaking a lot of timeless shows. That's what happens when you make art. Your 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 body and your 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 legacy lives on. Very strange that People magazine did a whole thing about turning a hundred. Uh honestly the family could have just not said anything and just said she made it to a hundred and she died at a hundred. But uh that's how it is in black families. Black families, uh I don't know, I can't speak for other people, but when someone dies, the body is frozen 
for about three weeks until everyone can find a respectable holiday to all fly down or to fly in. Hold on, Spirit Airline got a flight around Saturday. Yeah, how do, yeah can y'all have the funeral for Memorial Day? What's well, April? Well, I mean, you, okay. Ooh, the kids get out of school. Well, I, you know what? The kids don't have to. My husband don't have to go. I can. So, yeah, that's how it goes. I know when people die, they don't have to find time to fly in. Then you got to get the limo ready. So, rest in peace to Betty White. Other news, Bob Saget. Uh, wonderful comedian. Uh, passed away at the age of 65. Died in his hotel room. Uh, when I say one of a nice, a nice guy, and uh, I don't fan out a lot. Uh, actually, I do. I do fan out for like comedians are like, like Chris Rock. Every time I see him on the street, I fan out. Like I'll have a conversation. Oh, there goes Chris Rock, and uh, I freak out uh, a little bit. I try not to. I never want to be on his bad side because I know he hates groupies. But the other night, before I tell, before I go back to Bob Saget, the other night it was the night, probably the the, the January second. He was walking down McDougal Street. Now, if you're not aware of New York City, McDougal Street has all these comedy clubs. There's a comedy cellar, then around the corner is a comedy cellar, Village Underground. Then around that corner is a fat black pussycat. Then around the corner, the grizzly pair that was in crashing. Then around that corner is the Lantern, aka the comedy shop. So Chris Rock goes down this dark alley because he sees a lot of celebrities. And I go down the alley and I was just like, Yo, Hammy, Hammy, what's up, Hammy? Hammy, what's up? It's Hammy time. And he turns around. And looks and disgusts and smirks at me because that's one of his favorite movies, Top Five, the movie that he wrote. But uh, yeah, so I met Bob Saget when I got to New York City. I thought I, I remember I met him in uh, New York City, and he was at the Comedy Cellar just sitting there, you know, chopping the breeze with everybody else. And I was like, "Yo, hey man, I appreciate you." And he goes, "Oh, thank you. Are you a comic?" I was like, "Yeah, where are you poor? I was like, "Around the corner." Oh, cool. Keep going at it. So he was mad cool. He took pictures. I didn't uh, want to take a picture at the time. But, you know, turns out I should have. That's why I like taking pictures and, like, recording moments. But uh, rest in peace, Bob Sag. I want to read a, a, a wonderful post from my dog, J.B. Ball. If you're not aware, J.B. Ball is a wonderful stand-up Tampa comedian. He was one of, uh, like, in the class above me when I came into Tampa. So he was like our <clears throat> he was like the, the, the homie that would, like, you know, when he would get things and we would ask him, like, what's it like to be on Just for Last? What's it like to do that? And uh, we're not too too far in age, but comedically, I think he's doing a little, maybe two years longer than me. But uh, he was in the business before me, so. And uh, we always, every time he gets something, we always celebrate him. He writes for NBC, the Peacock Network. He's written for Ridiculousness. He, His pen is amazing. So I, I read this post that he posted about Bob Saget, and it just, like, it just, you know, freaking warmed my heart. Uh, this is J.B. Ball. I'm going to read his words. I'm not going to do his impression to him. Uh, yeah, lazy day. Because J.B. Ball's sexy. He goes, let me tell you a story about just how cool Bob Saget was. I got the opportunity to open for him in Ruth Eckert Hall, one of the biggest theaters and the venues of the Tampa Bay area. After he saw one of my clips of me perform, I couldn't believe he chose me out of everybody. I couldn't believe he knew me. I couldn't believe I didn't al- he didn't already have an opener. I showed up for sound check to meet him. He literally couldn't stop reciting my own jokes to me. Even some of the jokes I haven't told in years. It was so beyond surreal. I had an idea how much that moment, you had no idea, excuse me, how much that moment meant to me. It only got more unbelievable as time passed that I experienced more of this industry. The shows went great afterwards. He didn't want to talk about his set. All he wanted to do was talk about how much he enjoyed what I was doing. I could not believe it. He said, so what do you want to do with this? I explained to him, and he goes, hey, have you done Just for Last Festival yet? And for those of you who don't know, Just for Last is the biggest comedy festival in the world, so it's a prestigious and big accomplishment to be chosen for. I told him I'd like to, but no, I haven't. 
He goes, are you kidding me? I say, I literally just showcased for it not too long ago, and I don't know yet. I've never, <laughs> I have, I've been yet to be chosen. He goes, I'll call them right now. And I say, I don't want you to feel like you have to do that. He goes, what's the point of having power if you don't use it to help people who deserve it? He calls. I listen to him. Praise me to them. I was very flattered. And it was very flattering. It's more surreal if I'm being honest. That year, I was selected to Just for Laughs New Places. It changed my entire career. Opportunities from Bob Saget, The Full House Guy, America's Funniest Home Videos, The Videos Guy, Sometimes Surprisingly Filthy Joke Teller, revealed himself to be one of the most genuinely kindest and giving people I've ever encountered in my 11 years of comedy. I just hope one day that I have enough power to do something. Excuse me, let me slow down. I hope one day to have enough power to do for something, for do for Hold on, let me, what the freak? I know, I'm, a, I'm a teacher. I hope one day to have enough power to do for someone else what he was willing to do for me. You're forever a legend in my eyes, Bob Saget, J.B. Ball. That's the type of person he was, man. And like... It's these comedians are leaving, man. These comedians are leaving out this earth day by day, man. Day by day. My uh my friend, uh, Caleb Elliott. Side note, Caleb Elliott, he's one of the first uh ever guests we had on this podcast. Light skin, uh, big teeth, wonderful guy, uh, clean comic, but he does everything. He opens up for Sinbad, right? So he calls me on my birthday and this is how he starts <laughs> wishing me happy birthday. Happy birthday. I'm like, what I said, like, what type of light skin? He's like, hey, man, I just want to say happy birthday, man. I was like, don't you ever sing to me on the phone, serenade me, dog. Uh, but he opens up for Sinbad. And I'm telling him, like, dog, you got to document these moments, man. We don't know how long we have this freaking legend, man. Sinbad is one of the last comedians that's seen comedy change for real. He's worked with Richard Pryor, Red Fox, Eddie Murphy, everybody, man. So, man, take these times. Whoever meets somebody, you know, don't, you know, I know it's always weird asking for a picture, but you don't know how long you have these moments left. So rest in peace to Bob Saget, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, other big news, shout out to everybody from Georgia. They won <laughs> they won the national championship. I could not believe it. Georgia's known for dropping the ball. And Nick Saban, it's a legend, says that none of Nick Saban's apprentices, like all the people that he underneath his tree, has ever beat him. Only one. And this is the first one that ever beat him for a national championship. Uh, congratulations to everybody from Georgia. The funniest thing is uh, a guy I went to school. His name is Michael Broom. <laughs> Michael Broom, and I remember when we were in high school, he had Georgia, he had Georgia jerseys, everything else, and this is, <laughs> this is, this is him listening to as Georgia wins. Here we go. National champion! <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> Sorry, I ain't sick, but this this dog, when I tell you, man, people from Georgia have been suffering for a long time. What a great game. Uh, What uh, an amazing game. So shout out to everybody, the Georgia Bulldogs winning the national championship. Man, I know you guys are freaking happy as F. Also, we got it on the board. Rest in peace to Sidney Poitier. Sidney Poitier is the first uh, Caribbean-born actor to, first black person in general, to win an Oscar, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, when you talk about how prolific he was, how prolific his art was, and how much he'd done, listen to this. This is him winning the Oscars.
because it is a long journey to this moment. I am naturally indebted to countless numbers of people, principally among whom are Ralph Nelson, James Poe, William Barrett, Martin Baum, and of course, the member of the Academy. For all of them, all I can say is a very special thank you. Wow, he only said the freaking 15 words. But uh, Sidney Poitier, man, uh, guess who's coming to dinner? Uh, all these marvelous films, and he was in his late 90s. So, yeah, man, these these celebrities, man, they're, you know, if there's something that impacts you, man, it was great. For a lot of people who are, like, really actors, like Denzel Washington, I watch a lot of, listen to a lot of podcasts, how he said how his biggest regret was they'd never gotten a movie together. And I was like, wow, man. So think about all the people who made it come true. I forgot Sidney Portier was in a movie with him, Bill Cosby, Richard Pryor called Uptown Saturday Night or Uptown Funk or Saturday Night something, Saturday Night Fever. But sometimes just having a having that moment with him. So you talk about the stuff that he's accomplished, the the, the charities that he's getting. Uh, this is from Quincy Jones. I love Quincy Jones. He says, I couldn't even begin this morning losing my dearest friend and my dearest of brothers. Sidney Portier is like losing a piece of myself. We were joined at the hip from our time, scrapping to get by, coming up in New York in the 1950s, to achieving our dreams and working together in Hollywood, to standing up to those and using our voices to support things that truly matter. And through it all, it will be the countless hours that we spent traveling the world together, eating, laughing, talking, the wee hours that I would treasure the most. Sidney had an aura of royalty and regalness about him, unlike any that I've ever known before, I've known the counts of dukes, heads of states, but it was a royal stature that stuck in the air with me. You were there for me during my darkest moments of life, always in my corner rooting for me. I will miss you forever, my dear brother, and when I feel like my soul needs a smile, I will think of you and our decades and memories together. Love, Quincy Jones. Look at that, 50 years of friendship. It's freaking amazing. Rest in peace to all these people, man. Um, also, as we started a new year, we reflect on the old, ladies and gentlemen, reflect on the old. Uh, this podcast, our goal last year was 100 episodes. We got to 31. Not even close. Not even close at all. But we're changing this whole narrative, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, right now we got we got people we got people loaded up. We got episodes loaded up, everything else. Uh, we got the legalities. Cool. We, uh, we, so based off our subscriptions, we're up to 5,060, 5,602 subscribers, which is pretty amazing that they listen to this podcast and they're probably disappointed uh, when we don't have our stuff together. But uh, right now, uh, our goal is to not get these, you know, people on TV. I'd rather get the people about to get on TV. They're just real people, man. The realer the people are, the better the conversation is and no one's there. Uh, we are going to start next week with Garrett McCall. He is the producer of this podcast. It was like pulling teeth getting them on this podcast. <laughs> because he's a, he's a producer, so he's listening to his voice, like, oh, the sound is, I'm like, the sound isn't off, man. And it's hard when you know a person because you know where the story's supposed to go, and they're deterring the story, or they don't want to talk about certain things, like, oh, come on, this is not interesting. So it's always good when someone's behind the mic to get on the mic. So uh, we got that coming the following week. We're going to be reviewing these One Tree Hill episodes. We're going to get back to how it started. We're going to do the, like the pandemic hustle. 
Uh, me personally, a lot of goals accomplished in 2021. My goal was to do 600 shows. I did 660 shows, and that that says a lot. That says a lot. Why the podcast probably, you know, because during the pandemic we had tons of time to like record throughout the day, and people's schedules are busy, so it's hard to like coordinate with different people because their schedules align with everything else. But uh, our goal is we're gonna put a hundred out, put a hundred out, hundred of quality. And I was talking to this this producer. <clears throat> we're sitting at this comedy show, and he goes, "You know, Jerry, you're funny." What he was like, we're talking about the podcast. He goes, "I've listened to a couple episodes." And I was like, "Thank you, I really appreciate it." And he goes, "I'm trying to understand the gist of it, right?" And he goes, because when people get up there, he goes, it's not just funny, it's their stories. And I was like, it's a time capsule of a person. And he goes, what about when people aren't up there? I was like, it's a time capsule of me. Like when I go back and listen, I listen to things that I've accomplished, and review my week and stuff like that. And he goes, live documentation. I was like, yeah, we're documenting life. So what I do in my personal life, like every month, top of the month, or every three weeks, I set up my video camera and I just talk about my life. You know, like make a documentary just in case, you know, my grandkids were wondering, like, what was it like in your third 31 being in New York City? Well, here, let's pop in the tape. You know, I record every comedy show. Uh, it's got a brand new phone, iPhone 13 with one terabyte worth of space because I filled up my other iPhones. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a live documentation of everything else, man. And it's just like you get closer to the people on the podcast, you know. Like, after someone opens their life and shares something to you, it's like a bond. And you're worried about, like, how are they doing? And people always email me about, like, oh, what what happened with Jenny? What happened with Laura? What happened with all these people? And I was like, yeah, follow them. And they're like, you know, people act weird and stuff like that. So, like, people just hit me up, and they email us, and we, like, write them back. And we have, like, a not a large team, but we have, like, people that respond back to emails and stuff like that. So uh, I just want to say thank you, man. It's been a, it's been a great year. We're gonna step it up this year. We got a lot of cool people coming onto this platform, coming onto this podcast. Uh, uh, we're reading your emails because we re- we read the emails at this portion. So what did I do during the 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 quarantine? Besides my birthday, uh, nothing, man. We just I have no problem. A lot of people think I'm a a uh, like I can't breathe without comedy. Like before I was a stand up comic, even though I've been doing it like a long time, like since like seventeen. Uh, but, like, professionally, doing it in, uh, like, my mid-25, 26, 24. I got I to get the dates. I'm almost 10 years in. Nine years. Nine years? Eight, nine years professionally. <coughs> like Yeah, professionally. But, like, in college, I don't count those years. But, like, I've always enjoyed being by myself or being, like, enjoying the time with my old lady. So we just we just chilled, you know? We just chilled around the house, uh, made a lot of food, and I watched Harry Potter. Yeah, I watched Harry Potter. Dude, what the, f- like, growing up in a religious house, like, my mom wouldn't let me watch Harry Potter. She told me it was of the devil. She said it was demons. It was the devil in there. That's just my dad said it, too. All that witchcraft. You don't put that witchcraft in your system. And uh, after I watched the, uh, all of Harry Potter, they are right. Oh, it's nothing but the devil. <laughs> it's the most demonic. What the, f- was Voldemort? Oh, my God. If someone asked me what the devil looked like and show me a picture of Voldemort, like, yep, that's what he looks like. He looks just like that freaking, ugh. No nose, just raggedy teeth with a wizard. <laughs> uh, I did find ironic episode six. I don't know what that, why I call it episode six. Uh, Harry Potter, he went back to London. He must have been in Brixton because that's where the black people are. And uh, this black girl was in the beginning of the movie. And she goes, uh, Harry's like, how are you? And she goes, oh, I'm doing fine. I get off around 11. 
And Harry go eleven. And Harry's like he looked at his little witchcraft wizard wizard watch. And he waits for, her, and then the the I don't know what he's called, but the the grand wizard with the big beard pulls Harry off. I wanted to see what was going to happen. Was Harry going to get with this black girl? I wanted to see where where it could have been. And honestly, I think that uh, you know, and it's just me, just me, just thinking as a comic. Like if Harry would have got with that black chick, you know, he wouldn't. Have, they would have got that demon out of it. They would have got that uh, James copper or Vortimer out of his head all right as soon as he would have went home she took him up this is my man like, what's up with your head harry and they would have been casting the devil out of him get that demon out of here harry. <laughs> yeah yeah and i know what i don't deal with witchcraft but it was actually i like the first two it reminded me of star wars a little bit and uh it's crazy after watching harry potter how there's a whole nother world of people who love harry potter so i've been changing one of my jokes to saying something about Gryffindor, and all of a sudden all these random people are like, yeah, yeah, you watch Harry Potter. And I'm like, I just opened myself to a whole new group of people. So shout out to, shoot, I don't even know if we can shout out J.K. Rowling, but shout out for her. I did some background story on her. Imagine that, just having this this, this idea, and everyone shut it down, and one entity opens, and boom, billion dollars, man. That's amazing. I, uh, I, de- I definitely... Like, my brother's wife said, you should read the books. I'm definitely not going to read the books. I definitely, like, I remember, like, back in the day, this thing called AR goals. We had to, like, read a certain amount of goals to get, like, points in school. And all my buddies and, like, this this rich neighbor like, Jared, if you just read the Harry Potter books, that's 50 points and you don't have to do nothing. And I was like, how can I read 700 pages and not haven't even read the whole Bible? Like, what? <laughs> I can't. What am I going to say? I know more about uh, James Cardingham than I know about Moses. Come on, baby. But, uh, yeah, shout out to people who ever read the Harry Potter books. I wasn't going to wait in line and read 700 pages, and then the Bible was only 812, you know? Well, it depends what Bible you got. But shout out to that. I watched that, and then I watched this show, Never Have I Ever. Yeah, freak. Uh, Mindy Kaling show. What a great writer. I was like, I was like, it's, it must be hard being like an adult pretending to be a high school kid because this little high school girls get me frustrated in this freaking movie. I'm like, I was like, you are the most. It's like Kenan and Kel, but for this generation, she's like, Everything, every episode is just her getting in trouble, her getting in trouble. But I, I enjoy, like, using, like, the brown, opening up to the brown world, you know. I have a lot of brown friends, and how they grew up is completely different than how we grew up. But I knew when we were growing up, uh, brown people getting spanked because I would hear them scream. Ac- <laughs> I would hear them scream. I would hear them scream when they got spanked. And I was like, oh, y'all get beat just like us. Uh, I remember the funniest thing. My coach, we had uh, some Indian, Indian descent players on the football team, and he would come and goes. All right, we got some new recruits. We got these Patel boys here. And I said, they're here to get the GPA up. <laughs> we don't, don't you hit them at practice. We put them in red jerseys. Like They're here to get the GPA up, and they're here to have uh, stuff on their resume when they apply to college and say they're a part of the football team. So we had, like, captains and stuff like that. But uh, shout out to that. That was really good. <laughs> that was really good. Um, wrap wrap up 2021. It was an amazing year. A lot of hard work this year. Uh, very proud of uh, a lot of the comics that I noticed. A lot of younger comics that came up to me, and uh, I guess I didn't notice it until like my birthday. A lot of people saying just like marvelous stuff, man. And uh, this guy asked me one time. He goes, "Jerry, why are you around a lot of younger comics? You get frustrated sometimes." As I get frustrated when they don't care, like when you don't care and you just, I can't get mad at anybody for asking questions. But uh, it's always good seeing somebody grow this comic, like, wrote me a birthday wish. I was like, man, you wrote me this long message. Like, <laughs> And he goes, dog, my first time I've ever been on stage is because of you. I was like, freak, I didn't know, man. He goes, I was in high school, and this is a young kid. He goes, uh, 
I went to an open mic and I saw you upstairs with the creek in the cave, and you asked me how long I've been doing stand up. And you go, I really want to do it. I only did an open mic. I never done a show before. And you go, You never done a show before? Come do my show. And he goes, My first show ever in New York was because of you. Then a lot of other guys, and I just realized that I want to be blessed to bless people, man. Blessed to bless people. I, um, some friends, I'm not disassociated myself with, but you know, I, I don't, I never get hurt by people who don't do what I expect them to do. I always expect someone to disappoint me in a way, so I don't have high expectations for them, right? But this birthday was really good, just showing, just seeing how how proud I was of just the stuff that I've accomplished, man. Like, it's so easy in comedy to look at people and see what you don't have. You know, I know a lot of people who are who are famous. I know a lot of people who've written TV shows. I know a lot of people are doing everything else. And when I turned when I turned and got into my thirties, I realized I'm not gonna hate on anybody else. If anybody gets something, I'm celebrating what they do. I um, know if they get something, I you know I did this show where a lot of comedians did it, and it was like a show where everyone propelled up. You know, like in the scene, like I was respected more, everything else. But I realized when I was in this party, I was like, oh, this is not for me, right? So I was like, but what I got to do is to celebrate my friends that got this, you know? So my thing is like, and especially like what's for you? I think my grandfather, his name was Abraham Waters. And uh, I met him, well, I mean, I've known him my whole life. But at the end of his life, he he was an old man, you know? But, like, they recorded, like, my aunt used to record all these tapes and stuff like that. And uh, he's seen the song, Be What You Are. And everybody's like, Be what you are and live the life. And he, he had Alzheimer's, so he'll be, like, sitting in church, like, If I tell my wife to shut up, she's supposed to shut up. Like, Uh uh-uh, uh, Abraham, that ain't, how, that, ain't, that ain't what the Bible say. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I watched his tape when he was in his 40s or 50s. And he had these big, thick hands, and he was a whole lot bigger, these big, thick gold glasses on these gold rings. And he's like, preach this message. And after he finished preaching, he says, be what you are. And, everybody, and then the whole band started playing. But like, I was talking to my cousin, like, be what you are and live the life, man. Like, you can't, this life is so short. You know, all these people pass, this life is so short. So freaking short. You can't spend your life thinking about what someone else has, someone else's blessing, someone, everything else. If you just be what you are and live the life, like, everything's going to be all right, you know? Everything's going to be okay. Like, I was sitting on my birthday, and I realized, like, man, do you think I, like, at the end of 2020, 2021, I was like, man, just imagine if I took, like, three shows off to spend time with my aunt that passed away. And I think about that, man. You know, I was like, man, I, I was sitting there right with her, me and my brother, and we're talking about, like, man, you should record a documentary. I'm telling her, like, I was like, you should just take your camera, turn it on, and record a documentary. She goes, help me do that. And I was like, here. I gave her my stand. I gave everything else. Then I was like, man, I should just come up here. It'll be a good interview. And I guess I thought I had more time with her. And now as I sit there, and I'm like, man, imagine if I had this this platform, like this podcast. And I was like, I just could have freaking. I would have these timeless memories, right? So that's why, like, when we record these episodes, it's it's a time capsule, right? I can't wait till I go to freaking Nebraska and sit down with my dog, Joseph. Shout out to Joseph, who just got, uh, he didn't get remarried. He uh, he got he renewed his vows for ten years, and I can't wait to sit down with people, man. Can't wait to sit down. And as I was explaining that to Gary, you're gonna hear the podcast. We got to edit a lot of stuff out because he was he was getting frustrated when. But I was telling him, I was like, "Look, dog, I said, imagine our kids get to see two friends sit down and have a conversation. Imagine just anybody, man. Just imagine your kids having your voice, your thoughts, and a time capsule of you." 
Because sometimes in life, we all go through the same stages, but some of the time, our parents weren't from that era where they could talk about stuff. Like, it's crazy that my grandfather, when he had Alzheimer's, he went back to the age of 19 when I was 19. So the stuff we talked about, we can't talk about his podcast, but just, it was amazing knowing that his voice was like there, knowing that he was all like, oh, I worked, I was like, where, you worked there before? Yeah. I was like, what, he served in the military? Yeah. I was like, what, they got kids there? I didn't even know. So uh, that's what this podcast is about, man. I implore everyone uh, to hug anybody, love anybody. Thank you to anyone that shouted me out and said happy birthday. I certainly I can't even read like the the messages people wrote me. Man, it's freaking sad as if. And um, my lady wrote something nice. My freaking <sighs> my homie Shadi Diaz, man. And uh, let's f it. You know what? We got time. We got time. One of my homies. Her name is JJ Matisse. And. Uh, for me, J.J. Matisse is one of the greatest comedians in New York City that no one has heard of yet because she's the only comic that I know can do hood rooms, main corporate rooms, everything else, and she's always her. And every time I get an opportunity, people ask me, who's your favorite comic city? J.J. Matisse. And she said some, oh, my God, it's J.J. She goes, happy birthday to a great friend with an effervescent spirit. You're always l- there to lift me when no one knows I'm feeling down. Thank you. I didn't even know. My boy Kirby. Matthew is, I I guess I don't know. Like I, uh, a lot of comedians, you know, not even comedians, just people in general. I was like, you know, even though that whatever field that you're in, you can still be a nice person, right? Sometimes I think I'm too nice for somebody to call me on my birthday and ask for $350. Freaking disrespectful. But other than that, it was it was amazing just getting like, man, all this love. Freaking my aunt wished me happy birthday. And honestly, she, she just had a stroke. So I don't know how she wished me happy birthday. <laughs> Let me just stop. Sorry, I don't know how she typed it. Freaking Garrett's handsome platypus stuff. Look at this. Jared, happy birthday. I hope your day was as wonderful and your day is filled with love and magic. Thanks for making the world a brighter place with your jokes and French. Get the F out of here. Freaking Everybody's saying some kind, marvelous, wonderful, wonderful stuff, man. And uh, I, I really I, I really felt a lot of love and I really appreciate that. My freaking my boss said some marvelous stuff about me, man. Sometimes it says happy birthday. To this kindergarten king, king of comedy, king of life. I said, man, I said, wait a minute. Happy birthday. Thank you for always bringing magic. What the freak, man? I, it's freaking, I felt love, man. <clears throat> I always feel love. That's the thing. I always feel love. So love that I feel like to give it to other people. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is the podcast, One Man, One Tree in the Hill. Uh, We're going to get this thing rolling. 100 episodes this year. That's the goal. Uh, That's our goal. we got a lot of great people coming on the podcast. Love somebody. Hug somebody. Make sure you do it. Uh, that's the podcast. If you never knew, if you never heard of this podcast before, it's One Man, One Tree in a Hill, a podcast about being alone with your own thoughts. And we make a time capsule of the most marvelous people on the planet. And when we're not doing that, we review One Tree Hill episodes, ladies and gentlemen. Hug somebody, love somebody. I think I said that already. G double O to the DIE, take us out of this podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, you're live on the podcast, One Man, One Tree in a Hill. Say what up to the people. This is when I see black excellence, man. Dave Chappelle, Michael Che, Lauren Michaels, Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, all sitting at the table. I said, yo, Eddie, Mr. Murphy, I, said, I just want to say, man, you the GOAT, man. And you the coldest nigga that ever walked the face of the earth. You got to break that thing over. She wants it private, but y'all not even together right now. So we haven't spoken about anything but the cat for at two least months. two months. And then I said, and I said uh-uh, and I'll be the next Jamar Neighbors. And she was up like, I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the podcast. My name is Jerry Waters, and I'll catch you next time. Like, subscribe, rate the podcast. Have a wonderful night, wonderful day, whatever you're listening to. I'll see you soon.